Sentire Media. Hello and welcome. We have fired up the microphones again. Um on a rainy 29 of July. Good afternoon, everyone. Hello, Ashley. Ciao. Ciao. My name is Jason. Together we lo- run, own, and operate La Tavola Marche, an agriturismo and cooking school in the heart of Italy, Le Marche, in this rainy, crappy, it feels like we live in the UK, in London, and not Italy this year. It's a Seattle summer kind of day. Oh, man. This winter's been... <laughs> this winter. This Because it feels like that. This summer's been w- wet and rainy, and the garden is... N- no one's really liking it. Well, just to reset really quick. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, Jason and I run, own, and operate La Tavola Marque. Like he said, this a farm in and cooking school here in lovely La Marque. And this is our inconsistent podcast. Throughout the winter, we try to do it almost once a week. Throughout the summer... We're lucky if we post one once a month. So we had this uh, afternoon break, and we thought, finally, we got to get one in the can. So back to the weather. It's like the rainiest, wettest summer we've had in now going on almost eight years. Yeah. um, it's Well, we love to complain about – well, we, the people of our area, love to complain about the weather. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's too windy. It's too rainy. And this year, it's true. It's too rainy. The tomatoes are rotting on the – they're not oh maturing God, correctly. Oh, so sad. Um, the, the onions aren't doing very well. It's just we get – it's rainy, and then it's just humid and – humid and um, meaning moisture, not really um, humidity as we know it in, in the States where it's – when I say humidity, you think hot and wet. Here, that means cold. That means wet in the morning. And when the humidity sits on the tomato plants, they don't like it and they get the blight. It's not good. 400 plus plants. Not good this year. No, but what is thriving? Pumpkin, all, the, all the different <laughs> gourds and pumpkins and zucchinis. They're attacking. They are, go, they are absolutely insane. I have, <laughs> I have um, leaves on some of my uh, pumpkin plants that look like elephant ears. They're gigantic. I'm gonna have to, we're going to have to go down and do some video because I've never seen it like that. It looks like some sort of pumpkin patch gone on steroids. And they're climbing into the tomatoes. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. But it's not good. I would much rather. I haven't watered in three weeks. Whoa. I've not put water on my garden in three weeks. That's nature. Uh, nature has done it for yeah. me. Yeah, I mean that's crazy. It is crazy. Um, but you know, it's always something. And this year, it is too much it's water. True. It is. It is. <laughs> it's always something. But the the summer's humming along. It Guests is coming and going. Uh, everyone's happy. Um, we've seen a return of the Dutch to yep. La Marque this year, uh, whereas in the last couple of seasons, the, the Dutch in general, you, we know they're Dutch because they are the only ones in Europe with uh, orangey-red, li- uh, orange-colored license plates. So their cars kind of stick out like a sore thumb. And I would say, I don't know if there's a deal in the Netherlands, but most of them, most of them are Volvo um, yes. estate cars. I feel like it's state-issued, <laughs> kind of like the Fiat or the Fiat... Like the Fiat Panda when you're older. Or, or the Punto. Yeah, or the Punto. I think it's the Volvo is like a state issue. Standard issued. issue when you have two kids. Standard issue. Yeah, with your second child comes a Volvo and your tax return or something. <laughs> I would think. I feel like it. <laughs> um, so that's great. So we see a lot a lot more Dutch and uh, people from Northern Europe who have taken a break with uh, the last couple of years. We've noticed with the... Um, uh, crisis going on in Europe. I think they're coming back this year. It's fun. We have a f- couple Dutch families here, and one of them in particular. This is like their fourth, third or fourth trip here in the past three or four years. So it's pretty cool to have seen these kids grow up, and and we try to speak a little Dutch. That <laughs> doesn't really work. <laughs> but 
but it's nice. It's nice. This year we've um, added a couple of things fun for the summertime. We've um, we're going to do bestake a night. So um, everyone, uh, everyone, a lot of our guests who came this or come in this summer saw the little <laughs> thing Ashley put out about how we did bestake a Fiorentina. And bestake a Fiorentina is it was just on like Instagram. Yeah, um, it's just a giant like porter, what we would call a porterhouse, which is the fillet and the strip, the New York strip or the. Um, what was the other name? For? Well, yeah. Let's let's slow down. What t- talk? Let's talk about how the w- the size, the weight. It's usually about one bone's worth, so one rib, one one bone, and um, <clears throat> it's best thought of as reminiscent of the old ninety sixer from uh, <laughs> and the Great Outdoors. A, it weighs about a kilo, kilo two, so like a little over two and two and a half, two pounds, two two and a quarter pounds. Um, it's usually served medium rare. You s- then you slice it and put rock salt, a little olive oil, and a lemon. And this is something that you would typically find in Tuscany, Tuscana. And then you make it from a cow, a type of cow that's called the Chianina. And here we have the Razza Marchigiana, which is a cousin of the Chianina. These yeah, they- are white cows that aren't nearly as big as the cows that you find in North America. They're much um, narrower and just smaller animal, and they don't have the marbling through the middle. The steaks don't have the marbling through the middle that we find in North America because they're not fed corn. They're fed grass. These are totally grass-fed animals, so they have a different taste to them. And the color. Yeah. And the, yeah, and the color is different different as well. Well, also, let's um – you, we were talking about this the other day with some guests with this bisteca in particular and talking to them about butchers and things about leaving the meat out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, and I think sometimes these things are just funny. So in, Amer- in America, and I, in cons- America. I know we have a lot of g- people listening from all over the world. So I'm just going to speak about America because I've only lived in America and Italy. So here we go. In America, you are not allowed to leave food out in what's called the temperature danger zone. Dun, dun, dun. Which is between... <laughs> <laughs> which is above 42 degrees Fahrenheit for more than two hours because the threat of bacteria growing on them, whatever. Now, a vegetable's obviously different, but if you have, say, a piece of fish or a piece of meat, the total time from uh, that it should stay out of the temperature danger zone before you eat it, before you cook it, is two hours. So that includes the preparation, the, the transportation, the blah, 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 blah. Now, really, meat should be at room temperature, especially a big, huge steak before you cook it. However, in the restaurant, you must keep these in the refrigerator before you order your steak. So it's coming directly from the refrigerator to the grill, which is never good. Think of a muscle, right? Steak's just a muscle, just like the muscle in your leg. Now, if you went out and for a run, would you just start running? No, you'd stretch and you'd warm up your muscles so that they're ready to go before you work them. Well, the same is true when you cook a muscle. You have to make sure it's warmed up before you cook it. Otherwise, it's tight. And now the problem with that is when you cook a steak, it's going to be cold in the middle and the outside is going is going to get cooked first and then it will never really come to the proper temperature you want it in the middle. So next time you go and get your steaks, if you're going to cook it at home, leave your steaks out on the counter. Leave your meat. It doesn't matter. I say steak because that's what's in my mind. But you leave your meat out on the counter. Let it come up to room temperature. So for instance, when I go to pick up these, from the butcher, these, these steaks from the butcher tomorrow, I'm not even going to put them in the refrigerator. They're going to stay out on the counter all afternoon they are going to be room temperature when they go pardon me when they go on the grill and it's a lot easier to get the correct temp doneness by doing it this way well and um 
what brought this up also was that we were talking about a butcher who had labeled on some of this meat or told an American couple, leave it t- out 10 to 12 hours before you're going to cook it. And they just thought this must be wrong. And Jason was like, no, that sounds pretty, pretty proper. That sounds great around amount of time. So the, that resting time, does that add it to like, does that mean it's more tender as no, well? No, no, It just gets the meat up to, so think about a cold muscle. Yeah. It's tight, right? Exactly. You want the meat to be nice and relaxed so that when you put the meat on the out, the temperature of the meat on the outside is the same temperature as the, on the inside when you go to cook it. Whereas if it comes from this refrigerator, when the temperature of the outside will heat up immediately, but the inside will still be cold like the fridge, which makes it much, much more difficult to cook. I'm sure there's other things that it affects. No, but that but. was great. I, I love the analogy of stretching, too. Yeah, People absolutely. seem to get it when you say that. Yeah, you don't just go out and start running or start exercising. You stretch and warm your muscles up. Same thing when you go to cook one. I love that. 10 so, to 12 hours. <laughs> I don't know how we get on the... How, oh, because the bistake, because we're doing some new stuff this oh, summer. Oh, yeah, yeah. So tomorrow <laughs> night we're doing a bistake night, so it'll be... Um, Bistecca, oh, this is good. This is good. We'll do bistecca, <laughs> some beans, uh, some barlotti beans from the garden, a little bit of salad. I'll probably throw out a little crostini or something to go before the steak comes out. And dessert. And um, oh, we'll do it for uh, – the each steak will feed generously to people. Like <laughs> generously. You will – but it'll be fun. It's something different, and I think people are really going to dig it. The whole, basically, the whole house is signed up. Mm-hmm. We're so going to do pasta for the kids early because none of even none of the you know the parents too are like no no <laughs> the steak is for us, <laughs> not for the children. The you know eight and under they can have some pasta and pork pops we like to call it. Yeah. But it'll be great, and you're making a really good dessert too. I am so hungry for this dinner. I'm glad you invited Gaji over because me and Gaji are going to pound one of those. <laughs> you're doing um. Are you still going to do the lemon tart? I think I'll do the lemon tart. <sighs> it's a good tart it's a good uh i there's a from when i was in school we made we would used to do this lemon curd tart it's, it's absolutely delicious it is <laughs> nothing but butter and egg yolks but um we got both <laughs> it's delicious so i'll do that because it's nice to have something a little tart after all mm-hmm. that meat and they're and not really elegant known, and- yeah they're, we're not really known for our good desserts out here so what i'd really like to do is go get sorbet from maki but I i'm not going to drive all the way to fano to get sorbet i know what else have we been doing? Gosh, our Feel Like a Local Fridays have been off the hook. They have just been totally packed, which has been a blast. Um, showing everyone around Apecchio and the markets and Fushiani and up to lunch in the beer places. So that's been going strong. I've been having probably packing all the pounds, drinking beer and eating meat all day on Fridays. But it's good. Um, like we said in our last podcast, it's kind of hard this time of year because really it's pretty repetitive. It's wake up, do the garden, clean around, you know, clean up, serve breakfast, take a nap, cooking class, dinner, go to bed, do it all over again. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we're in the groove. It's the end of June so this or July, so this is the time where... It's the dog days, baby. I know. And I keep listening out for a car. We're expecting some guests to arrive. And that's the other problem with report, recording a podcast. We'll be like, all right, we've got time. And it's like, oh my gosh, someone just arrived. I got to go. <laughs> so I'm trying to keep my ear out. I hear some gravel. We act like, I feel like dogs, like not even Pavlovian dogs, but just that idea of like you hear the gravel and it's like, is someone's coming. <laughs> yeah, but I heard that one went by pretty quick. Okay. Normally, guests don't don't haul by don't haul ass by the house. That's Normally true. They go pretty slow. We did have a guest too. We have a sign that says, um, "Please drive up the slow driveway slowly. First gear is best. Give the driver rest. Go slowly. First gear is best." And he would rev it up, and I had to run after him. And I was like, "Dude, he was some young guy, so I didn't feel so weird calling him dude." But I was like, "Dude, 
you are ripping up this driveway. What is going on? You want me to show you how to do it? And he's like, I just felt like I should, I was like, I feel like you're really gunning it. And he goes, oh yeah, I'm going for a running start. And I was like, why would you do that? He goes, I feel like I really needed to just gas it and gun it to get up the hill. And I was like, the sign says slow. Americans, <laughs> Americans, listen to me. In Europe, we drive manual transmissions. I know we're not used to this in North America. When you go up a hill, put it in first and go slowly. Slow, slow, slow. Don't gas it. If you gas it, all you're going to do is spin the tires. You're not going to go forward any quicker. Smooth is slow is smooth and smooth is fast. (laughs) Put it in first, barely give it any gas, and you will go right up the hill. If you gas it, you will just sit there and spin, and you will you will continue to tear up my drive. <laughs> I'm done being upset about oh, it. Oh, I know. Thank God you have. The first couple of years, it would drive me absolutely insane, and it would pull my hair up, and I would scowl at people as they got out of their cars. Now it's just like, whatever. No it's one's because you're not driving out. up the driveway. You're parking down I'm below. I'm parking down below. <laughs> so you, know you guys are crazy, man. No one knows how to drive. No one knows how to drive a stick. Absolutely don't. It's It's insane. I learned to drive stick here, and I think it taught me how to drive different because... I um, I don't know. I just think I'm a different driver. But learning how to drive stick on hills is a completely different driving situation. Whatever. I'm, d- I'm over that one. All right. What do you want to talk about? You want to get into it? Well, do you want to talk about – well, we had a great question. Do you want to talk about um, – answer the question that we got? Sure. You, you set it up, and I'm going to see if that was our guest. Okay. Thanks. So um, I want to say a quick thank you. Um, let me see here. We had um, a great question. i got to find out um, the name of who wrote in on Facebook, but how have things changed since we moved to Italy? And that to me is a great question because now that we've been here for going on eight years, a lot has changed really. And it's a question we don't really get. So that one stood out. Oh, from Michael Sheehan. Sorry about that, Mike. Thanks for the question. Um, We'll go through a few more of yours in different podcasts as well. He um, sent a bunch of great ones. So Jason, how have things changed? (laughs) <laughs> well, Ashley, things have changed in many ways. Is that good? I repeated the question it back is good. in for you. Now, well, also, and how our per- he didn't put this, but this is what we kind of thought as a tagline: how our perspective has shaped where we live too. Okay, how's uh, things maybe, changed? Mm-hmm. First things, um, we have seen technology slowly come to the Italian countryside. When we first arrived, there was no cell signal out here, barely no internet signal. Um, I mean, there's still no uh, data signal for your cell phone, but now there is um, satellite internet. We still don't have a, a fixed phone line yeah, or but television. No, one, in, the, no, in no. North America, a lot of people are ditching their fixed phone lines as well. Um, and what did you read today, speaking oh, of this, with Italian it, internet? Italy, Italy has the lowest percentage of high... Uh, uh, the slowest, The slowest internet in Europe is found here in Italy, which doesn't support... Is that bandwidth? No, what? I don't know. Oh, okay. Know. <laughs> it's just the, the amount of people hooked up to high-speed internet is the lowest number here in Italy. Which and is, that doesn't surprise me at all. No, it's not the... It's, pro- it's, pro- it's prohibit. It's really expensive. People are... Cra- our, our neighbors think we're crazy for paying the amount of money we do every month for for satellite internet but it's we have a car to. payment it's a car payment I, <laughs> it's a, we could have a, we could have a car or we could have internet every month yeah but we have to i mean we have no ch- the, the alternative is dial up through your phone which mm-hmm. is basically unusable um, which is what we use yeah which for is the what first, we use for the first three years yeah. which is why we lived at internet cafes so that's a huge thing that's changed um another thing that has changed is um convenience meaning things like grocery stores and not all of them by any means but a handful um 
are now open on Sundays or open on Sundays for a short amount of time. And now, also have horario continuato. Well, that's what I was going to say. This was a slow build. So when we first moved here, nothing except possibly on special occasions did Oshan have, which is like the Target, Fred Meyer kind of big thing. Did they have um, the all day hours they'd still take the break or these things and then slowly you'd see these bigger shops saying we're open all day and you're like oh wow that's that's some big business right there then to see some of the places open on a sunday or open part of the day sunday i mean it is that's a huge change to even sometimes guests will be like oh my gosh how is something close i'm like hey you're lucky you're here this year and we have internet and that the grocery stores open on a sunday <laughs> yeah so now the, uh, the gro- a couple of the grocery stores are open sunday mornings from like nine to noon or twelve thirty, which is huge that is um other sh- other things have just had uh, continuous hours which is huge uh so we've seen that uh, uh, change a little bit uh we've also seen the um financial crisis grip italy grip italy uh we've seen just tons of things closing and um people cafe in um sant'angelo today like you saw a bunch of stuff yeah the main cafe in sant'angelo we were going through sant'angelo for the first you know we haven't been through there in a month or something the big cafe centrale on the corner was closed so we're still seeing that a little bit you saw in the paper today sorry the um astas the auctions for homes like so there still is the yeah there here's something that's really funny (laughs) if you're looking to move to italy now's the time to buy i there was an article in the paper today about how there was a uh, the, the region uh, the the province of Pesaro Urbino put a auction for s- five properties and there was only one bid for one property all the rest had no bids um, and I don't know they listed the prices and stuff I don't know if that's because they were grossly overpriced or what but um, it one, was just interesting it was just interesting um, we've also seen our closest McDonald's used to be almost two hours away and now there's one 45 minutes or not mcdonald's burger king whatever fast food yeah. was only in big cities like there was one way up in rimini yeah um <laughs> and there was one way down in ancona and now they're popping up all you know they're popping up in fano they're popping up in in other places too so we've seen uh, with that, that which is a gross change that's a bummer oh what else have we seen um other things like that i don't know well the sad stuff too is seeing the youth leave like seeing exodus of uh smart you know kind of that brain drain and um you know a lot of educated italians leaving italy which is a bummer um i'm trying to think of good stuff <laughs> I, too, I was trying to think of good stuff too what else and well this brings us to our next point when we talk about in italy they do it like this or in italy it happens like this this is kind of not really Correct. We're in a bubble. We're in a bubble. We live out in the middle of nowhere. This is like saying in Barnstall, Oklahoma, this is how they do it. Well, what is Barnstall, Oklahoma? That's a little tiny town where my family's from, but that doesn't mean that's how they do it all over Oklahoma or let alone anywhere else in the world. We were talking, (laughs) we went, we were at Maki. By the way, congratulations to Maki. Gelateria Maki in Fano was named by Italian Vogue. Uh, yeah. As one of the, uh, one of the best gelaterias in Italy, which is huge. Um, it's so cool. It like, is so cool. And they deserve it. So they work cool. really, really hard and they make, app- <laughs> they make fantastic. We've, we've talked about them a hundred times. We fantasize with them about business ideas going, man, the combination of the four of us, it could be cool. So anyway, <laughs> we were in there, um, I don't know, a few weeks ago, we stopped, we had to go to Fano to get more like um brochures because god you know why would we need tourism brochures <laughs> we only run a bed and breakfast with tons of tourists why they only want to give me five minutes i know whatever that's a whole other story anyway we stopped by to say hello and bring him some plums and stuff oh, and we yeah. were talking about i don't know how this got up but we were talking about um 
our neighbors think we're nuts because we get a lot of um, – I order a ton of stuff online because I don't feel like normal stuff. Um, different things I need for the garden or tools or like I needed these special scissors. So instead of driving all over it, you know, this region looking for this, which I'll never find, I just go online and buy it. Ship it to me. It's worth the 10 bucks in shipping because it's my time is worth more than that. Well, the – courier doesn't come all the way out to our house so we've finally set it up so the couriers will and there's three main couriers <laughs> they'll leave it at the bar in piobico mm-hmm. well th- those people think we're crazy that we get all this stuff sent to us from online how do, what about fraud what about people stealing your identity and it's like i don't know it's never happened like Yet, and we were talking. I was asking the the guys at Maki if they Antonio and Paola if they uh, if they use stuff if they buy stuff online. They're like, yeah, all the time. I'm like, is this new? like? Are you? Do you guys think that's odd? Do all your friends? They're like, yeah. Why? I'm like, because in Piobico, they're like, well, you live in Pio. It's, it it's was Piobico. so funny. It was so true. That was, and you were like, oh yeah. So <laughs> when we say our experiences and our point of view is from living in a town of. 2,000 people out in the middle of nowhere where time is standstill and things are done in a different way. So I would like everything from immigrate. Well, immigration is immigration, but everything from. Yeah. Residency and having them fill in our name in the big book by hand to To certain things that to knowing all the police officers to just a little bit of everything. It's the country living. And I just have to put um, a little side note on Jason's shopping um, online. We support our local vendors like no others or like we should. It's not that he's not – because sometimes people go, oh, well, shouldn't you be supporting? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I just have to give you a little hard, disclaimer. I, li- I know. You live no, at the hardware store. The hardware store. <laughs> but listen. We're buying all the chicken food stuff yeah, at the yeah, There's no population that. out here. For, so things that are out of the nor- realm, exactly. realm of normal that for I need – For Piobico. For Piobico or for Urbano or for Sant'Angelo. If I go into the hardware store and ask for these special scissors, all they're going to do is go through a book and order them the same way I'm going to order them. And it'll get to our house before it gets to theirs. Oh, of course it will because they have to wait for the – listen, this is Italy. So the guy, the, the, the rep – the rep. Exactly. The rep comes by say. once a week to take the order. I mean – I know. They're still door-to-door salesmen. I know. Well, Every it, year, maybe, maybe a handful of door-to-door salesmen show up with their stuff in their trunk trying to sell us cleaning products or – Better mouse traps or at least something. the Jehovah's Witnesses took a hint. I was like, I kept telling them, "You guys, wrong country. <laughs> You're not going to get much turnover here. You're not going to have people listen to the good word here in Italy." No. Uh, so our the way we our point of view is very very much different from one an expat who might live in Rome, Rome Bologna, Tuscany, um, Puglia. Like for instance, we have good friends. Ash- Ashley has a good, well, not the good friends of ours who were in Bari down in Bari and they had a horrible time and they, it, they beat their heads against the wall. And it was just like, <laughs> man, we don't have problems with that at all. There's no traffic here. Exactly. There's they- one stoplight in three towns. I was just thinking all their problems were parking, parking places. The <laughs> yeah, just all these things about uh, that, that that we just don't have problems with. If I walk into the post office and there's three people in line, I turn around and leave. Like I'm not going to stand in line and beat my head against the wall. It's so, not worth it. The other day at the bank, at the there, bank. there was there was it was Monday morning at the bank. We had a bunch of banking stuff to oh do. Oh my gosh! And there were so many people. One teller. Jason drops me off. I patiently wait in line because I know I've got to do it. all my shopping. <laughs> so the shopping comes back. 
And finally, I'm being seen by then. But what was hysterical was we're about nine deep in there with one teller and they take their sweet time. Like when they're, when you're being helped, you're being helped to your fullest and answering all your questions and all of that. So they're not skimping you, like hurrying you along, but it's like, oh my God, you're thinking, come on, let's move this a little quicker. A guy, this big tall guy walks in, looks around the room, looks at me and says, is there only one person working? And I said, yes. And he just goes, bravo and leaves. <laughs> Great job. And I just thought exactly if I wasn't waiting here for Jason, this would is what exactly would have happened as well. I think most of the frustrations of people who move here and don't know how get frustrated with the lines or the bureaucracies, you don't know how you try to fit your mentality in the, make it work in, in Italy. Mm-hmm. This isn't America. It's not Canada. It's not the UK. It's not Australia. It's Italy. It's done a different way. So you have to learn how to either beat the system or work the system. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, I go shopping on a Saturday morning. I open the place. I yeah. open the butcher. I open the grocery store because I know if I wait, everyone goes shopping on a Saturday morning because nothing's open on Sunday. So you'll, it'll be craziness. These are the differences. Those are the small differences and not nitpicky, but those are the kind of small differences of living in Italy versus vacationing in Italy. Living in Italy, things start to either drive you crazy or you have now more of time frames that you need to stay within or you've got other things you have to get done. So the waiting at the grocery store... At first was romantic. It's really romantic. And you're like, look at everyone. This is so fun. I'm one of the, the yokels. <laughs> and then you're like, by then you're two or three. You're like, oh my God, get me in, get me out. Or Jason's like, there's no reason to go to the grocery store if it's already 10 o'clock. I might as well not go till later. Or you don't yeah, so not shop it, on Monday mornings because the fruit's not delivered. So instead of getting pissed off, you just don't do it. You just don't do it. So if it's Saturday morning and it's 10 o'clock and you haven't done your grocery shopping yet, wait till 1215. Yeah. Because at 12.15, everyone's done. Everyone's going home to start lunch. And you will have now the grocery store to yourself. Yes, everything's picked over. However, you don't have to. You probably get out of there at 12 anyway if you went to, at 10. It's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so um, um, those are just kind, of just kind of some of the things. And I think that um, part of the – yeah, I think that's the main thing people do is just try to don't understand, well, this is how we do it in our co-. Well, yeah. Okay, then go back. Go back. Because mm-hmm. it's not how they're – and it makes – and it kind of is like a game to me a little bit. Yeah. Well, this is why my big suggestion for anyone who says they want to move out here is, great, do it. Pick a place for three months or so. See if you really still want to live out here and live and be here in the winter in those times so you get to feel what it's like when you're not on holiday. We get so a- I, I don't know. I guess – so how things have changed since we've moved. It's not only things in Italy but how our uh, – how, how we've changed as well. We've kind of gotten – we figured the system out, I think. And the things that used to affect us, I don't even – I couldn't even recall anymore because we know how to do it. Mm-hmm. It is interesting. We have a, we have a friend who we see uh, once a year. She's, she has his summer home, a vacation home in a, in a little town maybe 45 minutes from us. Well, she's had problems with her pool forever. This last time, the pool guy who's supposed to open the pool at the beginning of the season – didn't do a good job. Didn't put any pro- chemicals or um, it wasn't covered all the way. It wasn't covered, and her pool turned into a swamp. Well, after six years, five years, whatever it is, and having problems with this constantly, you've got to learn how to do your pool. Mm-hmm. You've got to find another person, and you've got to just do it because this isn't this isn't customer service is not the top priority, especially customer service for someone who's here 
a handful of days a year that they don't have to see at the bar, that they yeah. don't have to listen to them talking, spreading, spreading these stories about how they don't do a good job because there's no connection. If you don't live here, they don't feel connected to you. You have to earn it. So my suggestion to this person was learn how to do your pool and fire the guy and find another pool guy. But you got to learn how to do it yourself because no one's going to do it for you here, especially since you don't live here. Now, if she lived here, she would know the guy. She would know the guy's family. She would know <laughs> – she would see him around and he would care if he did a good job because she could then go and say at the bar on a Actually, Sunday. Actually, it's very easy because you could just say – it's such a shame. It's I such have a shame. Family and what a beautiful pool. My, yeah. And and, he is, did, and so-and-so didn't do a good job and he left it <laughs> you open. You just have to – all you do is let that hang. Let and that just, hang. And it's and he, that's what will keep – but if you're never here, he doesn't care. It's just he's going to – you pay every month to have this done. And when you come back and you're pissed off, he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. And, then when he say, and then when you come in and have to fix it yourself, you don't know how to f- use your own equipment. Yeah. So it's just little things like that. You know, you there's, it's not like there's 10 pool guys to choose from. No, and we've learned that the hard way too, whether it's the pool or the electrician or anything like that. It's been but, great because it's made me learn a little plumbing, a little electricity, a little elect- uh, a little bit of electricity, a little bit of uh, this and a little bit of that. You come, become a jack of all trades because out here, you just can't wait. Um, something else that's changed that I don't have any um, concrete information or facts about, which is classic coming out of my mouth, is uh, <laughs> I just saw this last night, actually, that there is a new – the Italian government is getting ready to offer a new visa category for startups, for entrepreneurs. Technology startups. Startups. What does that mean? If you want to st- – be an entrepreneur and just open start, your business. Start a business. Yes. So it's like Laboral said, Autonomo. Autonomous work. Yes, but they're calling it – it's got to be brand new. Like it would have been for us. We would have been – it would have worked for us starting a brand new business okay. in Italy. We couldn't – we can't uh, change over to that category now, for example. But um, like I said, don't have any details. <laughs> just a name for you guys to search. Hey, it's something. Um, startup visas in Italy and something that's coming. So I don't know. I think they're trying to help um, – Businesses that are, yeah, starting up in, in incubator states. Um, so what it would be is you'd look under Lavoro Autonomo. Autonomo no, 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 no. You look they up, call it startup? Startup. Oh, they're they must mean technology then. I don't even know. Well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> We're here. Mm-hmm. So. But I just thought that was interesting as well. Hopefully they will um, start seeing the uh, possibilities. I don't know. Italy's a great place. I, I hate to see things. Uh, I hope to sound like we're not, I don't want to sound pessimistic. We still love living here. We've just learned to live with it in a different way. And eight years, just like in New York, they could say after 10 years, you're a New Yorker or once you've gotten mugged kind of thing. I feel like, you know, eight, 10 years, you start to learn the system. You really become a little Italian, a little Italian, you know, Absolutely. I don't know. There's wow. things now we would never do. We would, I don't know. I, I, not that we wouldn't drink milk after 10 o'clock at night. We still love a late night cappuccino sometimes. But there's certain like little weird funny Italian rules that it is like, oh, yes, you would not do that. <laughs> That's not proper at all. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, okay. Um, enough about that. So I hope that answered your question. And um... Well, here's a perfect disabled guy. Something that we have seen that is changed since we've been here is gluten intolerance recorded a whole half segment of this podcast and realized maybe we don't want to invite a whole bunch of um 
crazy said uh, responses and it's just not worth the headache. So we're going to do a take two, try to be a bit more PC and uh, not be so heated or intense. Jason, take it away. There's an article in Huffington Post food about this guy, and I assume he's a chef, about how he's gluten intolerant intolerant and how crazy the uh, – not only the gluten-free people because he's, he made a point about how he's a stutterer and 1% of the population stutters. 1% is also celiac, and we're not talking about people who are actually celiac or have Crohn's disease. We're talking about the people who decided to self-diagnose and – decided that gluten was the enemy, who don't really know what gluten is. There's a great thing on Jimmy Kimmel Live. We'll put this little clip up as well about he goes around L.A. asking people if they're gluten intolerant. They go, oh, absolutely. absolutely. Do you eat gluten? No, no, I'm gluten intolerant. What is gluten? They have no idea. Um, I we, we were all fired up the other day. Now, two days later, not so much. Um, my job is to cook food for people that they want to eat. Um, now, if you're gluten intolerant, why would you want some fake pasta with xanthan gum and all these weird things in it? Why not just – is it the gluten or is it the wheat? I don't know if you know. <laughs> um, <coughs> pardon me. Um, the same thing goes with – and I'm throwing the vegetarians who also say I'm a vegetarian but eat chicken and fish in there too because you're not a vegetarian. That If you're a vegetarian, you say you eat chicken and fish. That goes – that you can't be this two at the same time. It's just impossible. It makes you look foolish. Uh, the same thing goes where you say you're gluten intolerant, but then you eat breadsticks or tarali or beer. Do you know beer is made, into, made with wheat and barley, which is, has gluten in it? Crazies. <laughs> so um, we went on this whole rant, and really I don't have the time for it because I know it'll be a, just a shitstorm of emails and all this stuff, and I don't really care. Those of you who really do have infliction, you are not the ones I'm talking about. Just like the woman who got out of the car uh, this summer and said, oh, I'm definitely allergic to bees. And we stopped everything and said, whoa, if you're allergic to bees, we need to talk about this right now because this is the summer. There are bees everywhere. There's flowers everywhere. And if you get stung, did you bring your EpiPen? And it turns out – and we had a nurse here as well, another from another family who is as well stopped in her tracks and join the conversation. And it was like, ma'am, if you are really, really allergic to bees, this is something that we have to talk about because you maybe can't stay here if you – because the nearest hospital is 45 minutes away. Well, it turns out she wasn't really allergic to bees. Well, I'm not really allergic to bees. I just don't – I got sting once, stung once as a child, and I didn't like it. Well, there's a big difference between – Especially uh, when you tell me this, because I'm responsible for the health and safety of all my guests staying here. So if you tell me you're allergic to bees, I have to then, we have to talk about this because if you don't have an EpiPen, you probably can't stay here because there are bees everywhere. So it turns out, no, I'm not allergic to bees. I just don't like getting sting. It was owie once when I was little. Well, now you look, now, now I'm, uh, you look foolish because there's a huge difference. Why do you take it to that level? It's the same thing with the gluten people and the vegetarian people. And um, I'm lumping you guys all into the same boat because it really is. And it's, again, stop typing. I'm not – it's not – I don't want to hear about how gluten affects your – how wheat affects your stomach. And I'm sure it does. Fine. And I'm not talking about the people who are really, really have Crohn's disease or have celiac disease. You guys, I'm not talking about because you guys have your act together. You don't mess around. It's the people who's, 
you come prepared. It's the people who come and say, I'm, I don't eat gluten, no gluten, and then want to take a pasta class <laughs> or put their hands in all hands in flour. It, so, <laughs> excuse me, we're going to post this article. It's really good. Please read it. And I'll also post the Jimmy Kimmel uh, little man on the street spot because it's totally awesome. And um, uh, that's all. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to go off on this. I don't want to go off on a tangent like I did the other day because – we put it up on Facebook, and the, just the shitstorm that came was awesome. I just wanted to add a couple little things. One, the uh, gr- the flour that we use at our farmhouse in our pasta, bread, and pizza is cut from the grains surrounding our farmhouse. It's milled in the next town, o- in our actual towns, Sant'Angelo and Vado. And there's a born-on date, which is normally about two days before we buy the flour, and we know where it's coming from. There's no pesticides or herbicides being used in these fields. So, again, perhaps it's not the gluten or maybe the problem is the way some of the um, farming is done. I don't know. But it's worth trying here. It drives me insane when people <laughs> their dietary issues and then and we do as best we can to accommodate and then we see them yes like jason said drinking the beer or eating the prosciutto even though they said they're vegetarian oh well i'm on vacation it tastes so good but this is our little rant we're a tiny five room in with about 22 seats for our restaurant it's just jason and i and after seven years and after 20 some odd years of jason working in the states and the kitchens, I think we're able to um, not make our own rules, but to say, you'll eat what you're fed. And we try our best to cater to the guests we have, but at the same time, you're in a different place, you're in a different world, try what's here, and I don't know, I think it's all in moderation, too. What do you think? You don't really want to know what I think. I All right, should we wrap up this gluten talk? (laughs) All right, um, anything else we wanted to add? Oh my gosh, um, since we're re-recording this, this morning Jason woke up at 5 or even before because probably all night long there was a fox in our house and there probably is still one downstairs right now (laughs) that we can't get out. Um, He left a little love note. He pooped and peed all over the place downstairs. I got to clean that up this morning and as I'm cleaning it up, the cats are walking around and doing a thing um and then i see something furry shoot across the floor it's like oh man he's trapped under we made eye contact i told him he's going to die um couldn't find him i think he got out i don't know he's tiny 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 like the size of a cat it's really he's really real or she is really small but you don't have to be that very brave very ballsy but you don't have to be that big to eat chickens that's true (laughs) so it's always an adventure out here i feel like we're in the great outdoors and we are um really quick for those of you who are looking to get elbow deep in meat this winter forage slaughter butcher or as jason calls his brother calls it murder death kill (laughs) so we're going to forage for mushrooms and we do this every year at the to to, our uh, fourth annual it's our fourth annual to end the season uh this year we've we've doubled it so we're going to do it in two weekend two weeks we forage for mushrooms in the back we're going to slaughter the chickens and pluck them and learn how to do all that uh we're going to butcher pigs at our um our neighbor's pig farm and we are going to uh you don't get you don't have to slaughter the pig if you don't want it the pig is the pig is already slaughtered and it's just a half but it's a 
whole hog. But it's a whole hog. And then we're going to cook. We're going to do some cooking classes. It's really cool. If you're into this kind of stuff and you feel like you need to walk the walk, if you're going to talk the talk and you want to get your hands dirty, this is the, this is the one to do it. This is hands-on. You're doing it all. So uh, if you know someone or if you yourself – this is this is this is the good one for you. Uh, Ashley's going to. It's you awesome. All about it's it. five nights. Um, the last week of October and the first week of November. And this is one of those, like Jason said, if you want to walk the walk and talk the talk, we get actually <laughs> um, people who own butcher shops booking this package because. They have even said to us, we don't see the meat like this. We're a small family-run butcher or we're a, you know, a new hipster butcher shop that's opening up. But we just get parts of the pig or sides, not the whole thing. So it's pretty cool to know that um, even people within this butchering industry, that this is something that um, they really are taking from it too. Yeah, Jason has said in all of his years of cooking and going to culinary school, working at a butcher shop in, in New York. You just in North America, you don't. And maybe they do now. I have no idea. But we never – you'd get the shoulder or you would get the loin or you would get the butt or the leg. But you don't get a pig just whacked in half put in mm-hmm. front of you, which is really cool. It is. It's an art. All right. So if you're looking to book for that, it's the last week of October and then the first week of November. Contact Ashley and she'll set you all up with all the details and bring it home. It's awesome. All right. You can find us at latavolamarque.com, L-A. T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E. You can watch our videos, Taste of Italy, our two-minute shorts on YouTube. We've been pumping them out like crazy. We've got everything from um, a little walk through the tomato garden or walk through the garden and checking out the tomatoes to um, the Papa al Pomodoro and Crostolo. It's really been fun putting some of these up. Um, That's on YouTube and Vimeo, uh, but especially on YouTube, Taste of Italy, um, the two-minute and under shorts. You can find my Instagram, which is blowing up at Ashley Bartner. And... Um, One month from from, uh, now, so the beginning of... The end of August, beginning of September will be our next podcast. We have a big announcement announcement. for the future of our little activity. So um, be on the lookout for that we're very excited to make make this announcement and go forward from there so from the beautiful rain well it is still beautiful it's not beautiful i say sunny um piovico italia thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time sentire media Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentiri Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.